0: Tech Talk Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll take a closer look at the battle between the New York Times and OpenAI. We'll preview the 2024 Consumer Electronics Show and find out how you can save money in your digital life with just a few small changes as always you can email the show tech talk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on instagram at jesskellynt uh, as i just mentioned later in the show we will be looking ahead to ces24 which is on next week ensuring that the tech year gets off with a bang as ever but it wasn't overly quiet in the world of tech during the festive period On December 27th, the New York Times filed a lawsuit in the Federal District Court in Manhattan, suing OpenAI and Microsoft for copyright infringement. This is yet another legal battle against the artificial intelligence platform. And the New York Times says the companies should be held responsible for billions of dollars in statutory and actual damages. Technology journalist Emmett Ryan joins me now to talk through the details of this case. Emmett, what is the fundamental issue here from the New York Times side of things?
1: Well, essentially, they're saying that like the companies, OpenAI and Microsoft, are stealing billions of dollars worth of the work by its journalists, Uh, sometimes even spitting out the material that they produced verbatim, like not even just rephrasing it. And obviously, in an era when there's a lot of pressure on the media, I think that's not a surprise to anyone to hear. Essentially, having OpenAI and its like you know bots, uh, well it's, it's it's robots, sort of you know digging into all this and using other people's intellectual property. Essentially, it's really is an intellectual property debate. This, uh, in order to provide answers, that's where the crux of this debate is, and it's been one of those things with the generative AI that's sort of been the, we'll see what happens. Obviously artists have been complaining about it and most people have been sympathetic with artists, but do you always think as artists typically don't have much money to mount a legal fight? New York Times has some serious investors. So they're sort of kind of going, well, let's let's start seeing if we can set some precedent here because there are definitely intellectual property questions when it comes to how generative AI is putting together anything, be it text, be it audio, be it video, uh, or be it be it photo, So the New York Times is essentially saying this is our IP. You can't just be using it without paying us for it.
0: Okay, let's dissect this fully. Obviously, journalists and news outlets want their content read and consumed. But I assume that the big problem here is that the New York Times aren't getting clicks onto their website for content that's being fed, read and used via ChatGPT which ultimately, I assume, is costing the New York Times money.
1: That's the thing if they want their content being consumed they want to be consumed through a channel they can profit from like they are a commercial business and as things stand there is no means for them to generate any revenue or even any brand awareness essentially through this generative AI so while you know obviously I mean as a journalist i to read what I write but I also have an ego test and I really know that Emmett Ryan wrote it or Emmett Ryan made that video uh, at the very least and more often than not I want people to pay Emmett Ryan for that I hate referring to myself in a third person but sometimes I channel the rock and that's the New York Times want, they want New York Times content to generate the New York Times some dollars.
0: Yeah, and that is a valid point. So too, I believe, is the wider threat here to journalism as an industry. The example that really caught my attention, um, and I think the attention of a lot of people here in Ireland last year, was when the Irish Times published an article that was written by AI without knowing that it was written by AI. That sort of stuff... I think, is more likely to happen these days, particularly if a programme like ChatGPT can understand and mimic the writing styles of particular journalists or particular publications.
1: Is. and although what I have noticed from people in recent weeks uh, even like you know uh, friends of mine when they're seeing comments and stuff on Instagram they're noticing that there's a certain sort of cadence on as to how AI bots write which is not human if that makes sense but it, it takes a while to acknowledge that and you know the cadence isn't quite there it's a bit different and you know i seeing people who aren't journalists just to be clear noticing it it's not just those of us who work in content creation noticing it I'm noticing regular Joes uh, spotting that the cadence just doesn't seem like something a person would say and so there is that but at the same time like you know there's a threat here and you mentioned the irish times thing from last year but it also showed like you know the challenges of budgets because that comes down to essentially not having enough checks and balances in place to catch that out and you know checks and balances are important thing in journalism and the more revenue is taken away from the sector, the more the less revenue there will be to ensure that the journalism that is being produced is of a high enough quality that you know anyone, be it the listener, the viewer, the reader, can consume it uh, and trust it.
0: Mm. And trust is such an important thing. Obviously, um, I've heard quite a few discussions here on News Talk over the last number of days about how twenty twenty four is going to be an important year in terms of elections. Obviously, all eyes will be on the U.S. presidential election. And we probably are going to have an election here at home, so it is vital that people can trust and believe what they read. But bringing it back to this case between the New York Times and OpenAI and Microsoft, do you think it's likely to go down the worthy road, for want of a better phrase, pushing you know the journalism matters line, or could it come down to the brass tacks of it all? You know, you're impacting our business model, and it needs to stop.
1: I think it'll go a bit down the worthy road but the way they're going to win is the "you're flat out robbing us argument being frank I think the New York Times is a very strong case uh, just looking at it from a, a, a not legal person but a person on the street uh, view of well that's our stuff and you're using it without us getting any money off it and I think that's a pretty you know it's a big area for all the generative AIs like you know obviously I'm you know the typical egotistical journalist don't get me wrong but my fundamentally when it comes down to like you know that's my stuff I'm just like you know every other person in the street kind of going what do you do with my stuff and i think the new york times that's their route to victory here or to at least ensuring they get some sort of payment from OpenAI ai and microsoft and it's an area that the generative ai companies are going to have to start looking at because there's so much data on the internet but the difference is if i google something google doesn't just uh, you know spit it out verbatim without crediting anybody google sends me to the new york times they send me to news talk they send me to the go loud player they send me to the place that created it Generative AI doesn't do that. So that's a huge, huge difference. And I think when you're looking at it from that perspective, like the flat out, this is my stuff, what are you doing, is going to become the crux of this debate.
0: Yeah, another example of this sort of thing is the issue that uh, comedian Sarah Silverman raised about ChatGPT. She made the point that the programme could produce material in the style of Sarah Silverman once it had been fed her written work, so her memoir, for example. And that, to me, is a stark example of the right and wrong of this. Because you're not just taking words written by somebody else, you're also taking elements of their personality.
1: And, like, you know, with the US in particular, because they've actually gone into sort of the say so parody law is a thing where there's sort of justifications there, but it's also clear where the extent of parody stops, so when it goes from, say, you know, do it, taking the make out of Sarah Silverman, for whatever, whatever you putting it, uh, you know, that's going to be fine. But if you do it where it's just do it as though it's self or Sarah Silverman, it's quite clear in the U.S. that that is not okay. Uh, so that, again, is it's a major issue looking forward. And it's one where, you know, it's the same problem, Jess. You and I have been talking about this for years. You know, people just, like, they, they run out and see let's see what happens, rather than the classic Jeff Goldblum line of they were so busy wondering about if they could, they never stopped to think if they should.
0: Hmm. I'm still trying to be optimistic about AI and not go down the route of it's going to screw the entire world. But the more I read about stuff like this, I do feel for smaller players in particular, those who aren't Sarah Silverman or the New York Times, those who are smaller artists, poets, writers, journalists who maybe haven't made it big yet, but whose work runs the risk of being compromised. There was talk, quite a bit of talk last year about putting manners on the AI companies and regulation in place. And I'm just wondering if the case brought by the New York Times, in your opinion, will speed up the action that the US and European legislators are going to take.
1: I hope so. And I think it's, it's the odd time when you're saying the big, you know, the big corporate, which is a New York Times group, is possibly right now the best friend of the small artist and the small creator, because they're doing what essentially for months, the small artists have been shouting about for quite a while. And, you know, they're doing somebody as big as the New York Times that's going to carry weight with mm. legislators. And I think the EU in particular is quite keen to show that it's being, you know, quick and re- in its reactions to this uh, generative AI concept that doesn't want to be left behind. So I'm, I'm fairly confident we're going to see quicker action. Uh, it is unusual when you the, the the big huge conglomerate is now the, the friend of the small creator, but, you know, they have mutually aligned interests in this case.
0: Yeah, the other aspect of this as well, which you alluded to there, is the use of AI on social media. I've seen so much of this on LinkedIn in particular. And I think you can see it from a million miles away because no real human speaks or writes the way some of these posts are presented. Like they're using everything is awesome and everything is so optimistic and it's just, it's overproduced and not natural at all. Um, And last year on the show, I spoke to the ASAI and they told me a bit about using... Uh, AI tools to identify undisclosed ads and filtered images, that kind of thing. When it comes to text written by AI on social posts, be that, you know, Instagram captions or LinkedIn, do you think the average consumer cares if something has been written by AI?
1: Say... Consciously, they don't care, but I think subconsciously there's an impact. So, and that's where I come back to the cadence thing, in that when someone's actually put some real authenticity into something, the consumer's going to actually react to that in some way more than when it's just so artificial.
0: Yeah, but what does that mean in terms of the day to day of it all? Like, will there be a, a uh, like a cultural loss as a result of us using AI to write social media posts or any form of public text, and also us? consuming and reading that kind of content
1: well completely because you know no, no journalist is born fully formed no writer is born fully formed like you know no videographer is and if they start taking these massive shortcuts so early which they so many will you know that ability to generate quality and the overall quality going forward is going to really really suffer because there'll be less of a motivation to you know hone the skills required to be good at what you do
0: mm. Yeah, and that's, I suppose, where I keep coming back to in my head. I've been thinking about all of this quite a bit and I constantly put the rate at which we're embracing AI next to the rate at which we embrace social media platforms. So many of us signed up and engaged with it without thinking of the consequences, without wondering about the privacy side of things or any of the wider implications that have come out as a result. And my fear is that we'll be having this conversation in 10 years time going, geez, we should have maybe been more cautious when it came to the rollout of AI. Now, I'm not saying that that will happen, but I just know myself that I am taking baby steps when it comes to using it on a day to day basis. But anyway, look, time will tell. Uh, I'd love to know what you think. You can email me techtalk at newstalk.com. We will, of course, be following the story And the case between New York Times and OpenAI and Microsoft. Uh, For the moment, Emmett Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Now, when we come back, we'll take a closer look at CES 2024.